Good evening, folks. Defeat in the Brandywell. Would we call it defeat or is it an absolute whitewash? Are Derry excellent? Are we basic? To discuss tonight's match, we're going to bring in one of our mainstays this season, CC and a crack and <laughs> Adidas old school top, I might add as well, FEA. Kieran, what do uh, we think of that? Are we, are we, we, we kind of had a very, very brief chat before. Are we, we kind of mentioned Derry, you know, being, a, being an excellent slick side, I think the way you put it. Are we really played into the hands by having a poor night at the office? Uh, I, I would say that it is a very, very poor night at the office. That's just the best way to describe it. Um, I personally thought when I saw the lineups, I, you know, there was a couple of players that I was surprised to see the omissions of. I thought this game would have kind of suited Daniel Kelly a little bit. He, you know, Derry City are a very high pressing side, so in order for us to um, get in behind, we would have needed that pace down the right. Particularly with the fact that Rayhan Tollock is now looks like he's going to be injured for a couple of weeks, it means that we are going to be relying on a little bit more pace and. Um, I'm going to be, if I'm going to stick my my neck out on this, I would have said that, you know, even John Martin would have been an opportunity to, instead of him playing in that kind of front centre role, I would have had him more out as a winger. Um, I think his influence on the side is much better when yeah. he when he is played on that. Um, I know that Stephen O'Donnell did speak about game management and particular players um, that he wanted to ensure that um, the players such as Patrick Colvin, while he's a big game player in that, he has to you know, be kind of reconciled of the fact that there was 72 hours between the two games and both games were very kind of high-pressured uh, scenarios. So the decisions tactically, um, I can understand where he was coming from, but, um, you know, maybe if Huben had a little bit more time and particularly when it was 1-0, you know, there might have been a chance to put a greater influence on the game, but... Look, Derry were extremely good in terms of their pressing, in terms of them uh, capitalising on individual mistakes. You only have to look at the second goal from Brandon Kavanagh. It was when he latched on to a John Martin clearance, but it was Yanis Eli Coco who um, uh, kind of was about to get the ball and he was just out-muscled. And that's something that, you know, would be, you know, something that Stephen needs to recognise that's, you know, we, we cannot afford to be out-muscled off the ball in those kind of areas. Um, I thought Jordan McInniff's goal from, from a Brandon Kavanaugh pass was excellent. But then again, you know, he was given an awful lot of space out on the right. And then the third one, once again, was here. Williams was just caught a little bit flat-footed and Adam O'Reilly broke free of him. And Michael Duffy, the goes to Christmas pass, comes back. Despite under pressure, was able to tap it past Shepard. It... it it's just those little individual mistakes, that little bit of just concentration that at key moments of games that that turned it on Derry's side. But that's the mark of a very good team. Like, I know um, it's it's very much a mark of a good side when you score late and you kind of win games late. And that's what the Dundalk have done in recent weeks. Yeah. However, this team were just able to swat us apart. Like, I mean, I... I I think James Rogers put it up. I might be wrong that we registered one shot on target with some key war at the very end. Mm. Like, that's not good enough. No and, matter and what been, they say, and, it's and just that, not good enough. Yeah, that's something that seems to have, especially in the first half of games, whatever been 90 minutes, in the first half of games in a lot this season, maybe up half a dozen, we haven't, uh, we haven't tested the keeper. We haven't even tested the opposition's woodwork. Never mind the keeper in the first half. Like, it's not like we didn't get the ball. I mean, we had a decent spell in the first half and probably in the second where we would have had a decent bit of possession, but yeah, it just seemed to be very... Now don't get me wrong, Derry are probably a little bit above us, but 
it just never seemed we never seemed to be able to do anything. Whether Alfie Lewis had some decent spells, but I mean, um, you, you can't like uh, on the flip side, yeah, you can't actually you, you can't say that Derry, you know, the, the three nil flat or Derry, it really didn't. I mean, they were excellent, like the, probably the quickest team I've seen in the counter attack this season. And that used to be us, you know, we used to have that kind of pace going forward, like you say with Dickie Kelly or Rhino Kane when they were on it. But we just never seemed to utilize that little bit of, you know, if you take for instance, Mali had a little bit of a run in the second half where he kind of went through two or three, but then there's just nothing, nothing's come at the end of it. You know, we can talk but about I also the think, this, but... I, I also think for players like Yana City Coco, Azir Williams, Hayden Muller, Connor Malley, like, let's be honest about it. This is their first season in senior football. Hmm. Like, and they don't have the experienced players like Andy Boyle to kind of, you know, um, to, to, to work alongside the likes of Wazir Williams. You've got Greg Slogger and Robbie Benson who are out injured. Like, they can't work alongside these players. Like, I know I'm not trying to make like, massive excuses, but these players do need experience around them. And yeah. maybe it's because the fact that they just don't have that around them at the moment that you can just see that little bit naivety. Now, you know... Uh, Connor Malley and Hale and Muller and these lads, you know, it might take a season for them to bet in and that, you know, we could see the, the benefits of it next year. But, you know, it's it's very difficult now at the moment that for these players, it must be very frustrating for them because they are trying to put their stamp, their authority and what the talent that they have as players, but they just need that little bit of experience around them in order to, to like, and whether we like it or not, whether they were playing at under 23 football last year, they did make senior senior appearances, but they were fleeting. Or you know, it's it's getting that kind of match day experience. And a game like Derry tonight, while it'll be difficult for them, they now know what the between that and the Rovers result that we had a couple of weeks ago, they now know what the standard is. They know that this isn't some walk in the park league. They know that there's an, an abundance of talent. And look, I I'll stick my I think Derry are going to push Rovers the whole way this season. I really, really do. If they get their home, like tonight was their first confidence-boosting home win um, of the year. Like they've they've scraped results and things like that, but they haven't really been threatening and swatting teams away at home. They've been very good away um, from the Brandywell. Um, there's still discussions whether that pitch helps them or not. I don't think it does. I don't think it's conducive for football for them. But in reality, Derry are going to really, really push Rovers right to the very end. And it, it could swing either way. But look how mad this league is. If we had won tonight, we would have been pretty much on equal points and maybe two to three behind Shamrock Rovers. Mm. Like that just shows you how, you know, unpredictable this league has been this season. And St. Patrick's Athletic, who a couple of, years, a couple of weeks ago couldn't, you know, were getting poor results left, right and centre, are now in a position where they, they had to put, Shamrock Rovers were, had to win on the virtue of a penalty from Richie Tal in order to get yeah. the win. Like, it just shows you that there is a much higher standard. And it's a bit like the championship over in England where the bottom team can beat the team, top team one week. That's the that's the way this is coming across now. So it's 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 difficult to put your finger on it, but I think Dundalk must need to keep staying in touch with Bowles and Derry for for or, or even around that three to four position and go for that kind of how would you say um, those European spots, but um, look, I would take where we are now compared to a couple of weeks ago, where we were in seventh. We were we were having very serious discussions over a lot of things. Four wins on the bounce, and we look an awful lot better. 
But tonight we just were showing up as well when you have a strength and depth in the squad as Derry does. This is what you get. Yeah, even just when you mentioned there, you know the the, the squad. We just had a comment in from from Ryan Dillon. We've mentioned this before, but Mali, he seems to be one of those players that. Like I'd said there, he had a little bit of a run earlier on. He, he looks mm. like he could world beater. And then, it, it would would it be it's probably not harsh at this stage. It's not harsh to say he flatters to deceive. He looks, he looks like he could be a real potential. But you know, has he warranted the minutes? I know, I know, we're under pressure in midfield with with injuries and stuff. But it's like he's been played, and they're just they're, they're hoping to see what he produces in training out on the football field or something like that. You know what I mean? And it just. Mm. It just never seems to happen for him. He just doesn't seem to be. I, I don't know what it is. It, 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 for me, it, it, the best way to describe it, he's, he just flatters to deceive. He, he seems to have all the tricks, like Ryan's saying, but he just, when it comes to, to the big games, when it comes to the crunch, he just doesn't seem to cut it at the minute. Like you said, now it is his first, you know, it's his first season in senior football. So, but I mean, at, at games like this, you know, you, you kind of want your, your, your technical ability players to really come to the fore. And it, it, the last couple of weeks, he probably hasn't. No, he hasn't. That's that's the long and short of it. And I think what actually needs to happen with him is that he actually needs to be dropped. That's just that's just it. You think he needs to be dropped? He needs to be given a reset. Needs to maybe. Um, but then again, we don't have the disposal of other yeah. players to come in. Yeah. And if that, if, you know, if it was a case that we were at full strength, you could give him a break, let him observe, let's, you know, give him an opportunity to watch a different perspective. And now I'm not saying get him to sit up in the stands. What I'm just saying is that give an opportunity to come into the game and influence it even more. Maybe that's something that he might need. Like he does have technical ability in abundance, but he has to, it, it comes down to experience. Once again, it comes down to when, when to use it, when to use it, and when to use like not doing it for just for the sake of it. Do the simple things first, and then when get an opportunity, then to burst into that technical flair. But it's the knowledge and the ability and the intelligence to go ahead and 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 when to do that. That go, like I, I think it's it's no mistake, no kind of heavy secret that I'm a huge fan of Robbie Benson, but. Mm. Benson knows when to play the simple pass, and then Benson knows when to when to turn on the magic, so to speak. And that's something that maybe he needs to learn at this stage, and that'll come in time, and that will come in experience. Yeah, I I think like like you just even just before like you know I, I just mentioned straight away as you can see by the the comments you know on on Twitter as well is on fire at the minute. We definitely won't be doing a man of the match pizza. I'm not going to put Vinny through that. <laughs> no. some of the pizza for tonight. This is a like a bite sized podcast we're doing, so we're going to fly through it, but. Even just before we get into the goals, Paul had mentioned there. I know you you quickly briefed over the uh, the lineup. You know, considering the finish to the game last Friday night, is there an injury? Is there something you know, maybe a fitness issue with Pat Hoobin that he's not starting the game? Is it the pitch? They did not fancy maybe they wanted maybe a John Martin that type of player to kind of get stuck into Derry at the back. If there, if it's not a fit Pat Hoobin, it's it's a strange one that we. We see that we didn't start these lads. Now I know, like it's the last ten minutes of a game that we really got going last Friday, but surely that momentum of those ten minutes should warrant them starting the game tonight. It's it's a strange one, and, and Stevie's been guilty of this before. He's kind of made these strange decisions, and look, sometimes they work, but unfortunately, most of the time this season it hasn't worked. And I just don't know if that's just a kind of a a coincidence on what this, the injuries are like and just the luck that they're having. But it was a really strange one tonight. Like you've got Robbie McCourt comes back in tonight. You know, really strange, such a big game. And like, look, and I get we're under pressure with signing, like, you know, Tullock's 
gone off injured. We don't know if he's going to be out for a number of weeks. Robbie's yeah. already brought in the cover of the left because Leahy's played in, but they just seem to be really kind of, I don't know if they're rash decisions, but for Pat Huben not to start, or, you know, like Paul had said, come on when the game's almost gone. It, mm. it, there is some, there's some inconsistencies there, isn't there? For, for, if you want to go up to that next level. I, I think when I was listening to Stephen's pre-match comments, he was, he was speaking about, you know, um, game management or, or how to say player management. We do have to be aware that, you know, Patrick's on the other side of 30, so to speak. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Pat in any way, shape or form. Everyone knows that I have, I have a lot of time for him. Um, but I do think that Stephen is probably acutely aware that Steve, that the Patrick went off injured in a game, which we thought was a kick in the calf and he ended up out for pretty much most of the season. I, he has Stephen probably has to be aware that he has to rest players at certain things. Um, it looked, I, I, from a personal point of view, I would have been starting Hoban. That's just me. But then again, I'm not in the train. I'm not in a training. I'm not in the dressing room. He could have been, you know, carrying a knock from Friday. Might not have trained at all. Um, we have to. We we're not part of the kind of the inner circle, so to speak. But sometimes when you look at the lineups particularly between these friday and monday games you kind of question whether a bit of continuity might have been needed or whether a bit of you know you're coming up against a side that realistically you know you're trying to match them pound for pound you need your best players on the pitch even put them on for 60 yeah. you know and take them off then if it's not working then you've got the fresh legs of john martin and keith ward and rhino kane and things like that you know, kind of flipping on its flipping it on its other side, but then, you know, you you pay the risk that does pass uh, or whoever it may be, maybe they be in a position where they're saying, you know, two very hard games on those pitches might not suit my my body at the moment. So hmm. it's just something like we. It's not just Stephen O'Donnell talk, making decisions. He has to listen to his management team, his medical staff. Um, the physios, whoever it may be, and they're going to be given saying he hasn't recovered fully from Friday. He is carrying this. He's carrying that. So he might be forced his hand, and that's and that's where it's at. But um, I, I personally, if I thought the pat was ready and raring to go, I would have started him. But then that's why Stevens paid the big bucks. That's it. I, I think we'd mentioned like on a number of occasions. You, you know, you make a good point about the pitches as well, and you know. We said like a 70% fit Pat Hoobin is better than most. But, you know, like, it, it's, it's just so strange, you know, given that the games we've had over the last couple of weeks and, and Pat has been out and I don't know whether fitness, he might be carrying, I don't know, but I like, as if we're talking about his actual fitness, I don't mm -hmm. think that's in question. I think the man no, is no, just a natural, he's a natural athlete. No. Um, but it just seems to be, look, some of the... the so I just, not crazy decisions, but just you know, such a big game. You know, there was some really kind of like I, I said it before. I, I've said it probably three or four times in this podcast. Stephen Kenny used to make really strange substitutes, not strange, but the, the timing of them was strange. So like yeah. he'd make one like seventy ninth, and then he'd make two in the eighty first. It was just disrupt the game. But now we have a situation where it almost looks like there's players, and we we, we were guilty of this under Vinny Pert late in the first Vinny Pert era, and Filippo definitely. Well, you were almost putting on subs just for the sake because you could, you know, you could make subs. And that, 
And I, I don't know if we're getting to that stage yet, but it definitely feels like we're going down that road of let's just empty the bench because, you know, we're really struggling for fitness. We're really struggling for players to be injured or not, not injured. So let's get minutes into the lads. You know, when the game's already gone, it, it's just a strange, it's just a really strange thing. Like, like, you know, Frank had said there, everybody's seen the second goal coming. We've got a 1903 gang up there with Orla Crilly and Frank, uh, Frank yeah. Carroll. But, you know, it, it seemed to be just a really kind of strange night, again, for, for, for tactical substitutions and kind of these brainwaves that, just weren't really happening at all. And, and that's even before we get into what how the goals were conceded. It's just really, yeah. really kind of got us on the back foot straight away. Um, yeah, like, I mean, changes in football, like everything else, are, are supposed to influence the the phase of the play that you're at at that moment in time. Mm. And Pat Hoobin, you know, will influence a change. Keith Ward will. D- Dickie Kelly will. Um like they're 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 absolutely uh, three kind of world changing, oh well, mm. game changing players in terms of their influence. I would have been looking at them more at halftime. You know, uh, we were one 0 down. They were already one 0 down at halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you would have you would have seen like they would have been in the bed in in the first part. But then you saw Derry City when they came out in the second half. They completely put us on the back foot. They were pressing almost immediately. Um, it was it, it was just wave after wave of this kind of high press and um, pace and attack. Like and you have to remember, there's no McElhenney and well, there is there is a McElhenney, but there's no Patrick McElhenney in this side. Michael Duffy is starting to get back into form. Um, he, he looked absolutely incredible in, in yeah. with his fits of bursts of pace. Like, but Duffy looked you, as you're good saying, as he's been, yeah. He's just as good as he's been because yeah. that's that's just the way he is and um. Like the only thing that we can match for that was the likes of of Daniel Kelly, but and as I as I alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, you know, if we were in a situation in which there was a very high press and they played a very high back line, Dick, that was made for Dickie Kelly, that was made for Ryan O'Kana in the wings or John Martin for that matter. So at halftime, there could have been those tactical switches, but I mean, I I know we're going to get into the goals and the the defensive clearance from John Martin, but like. Brandon Kavanagh, it, you know, that goal was just worth the admittance fee alone. And sometimes you just can't stop those. But, like, the build-up to it could have yeah. been, you know. And the same with, with um, you know, Jordan McInniff given the space of the Brandywell behind the back four. It's just, it's these small little things that are just splitting you from the, you know, the, the top teams from the not-so-top teams. And if we were going to look at the badge that I'm wearing tonight, it was that... We, we, the best example of this was the the Ireland France match. We literally blinked for a third for, for five seconds, and Varane scored. You know the exact same thing is happening in these situations where there's just those little blips of of yeah. misconcentration, and you're being punished. Yeah, I think Mac. If if, if even like, you can almost Macanev's goal after 16 minutes, it's one of those that he's gotten into acres of space from a, from a, the head up that's put it into his path, but normally mm. what would happen, he'd go across the box and he's just taken a, a, a fantastic shot and it's beaten Nathan Shepard all ends up. But yeah. even without, even if you don't talk about that goal, if you, if you go straight into the Brandon Kavanaugh one, for me, the most annoying and frustrating thing about that one was how much time and space he had on yeah. the ball. He was able to go left, go left again, and then he found Tear himself in the middle. Yeah, and found himself in the middle of three. I think it might have been Muller, Williams. I could be wrong. But... It, it, to find himself in like a trio, surrounded by a trio of the dog defenders at one stage, and be able to come away untouched, un, un, 
unmatched physicality. Like one of the smallest men in the field. Nobody got near him. And not for the want of it wasn't like he was too quick. It was just nobody seemed to want to go near him. And he's just taking a shot. Like we I mentioned when Derry signed him, Brandon Cavill is one of the best technically gifted footballers in the country. Yeah. Like I didn't expect him to pull out that kind of goal, but you know, that's just that that was just typical though of the way the dog have been. You know, you've got that game from Friday night, you go into the night's game, and we can look, we won't we haven't even got to the last goal yet. But that kind of covering is it's so naive and it's so lackluster and it's so just typical of what we've been doing all season, where we, we have these little bursts and we didn't get them tonight, but when you concede goals like that, I, I've always said when you concede worldly goals, there's not a lot you can do about it. But when you give someone that kind of space that's able to go left, go, I, he actually made two, le- two lefts. You know, he went over in a, about three or four yards, cut back in and hit it. And it's criminal. It's absolutely yeah. for three boys to, to get, like whatever with the shot on the goalkeeper, there's not a lot he can do. But to, for three lads to stand and watch him do that is absolutely criminal. Like you knew it was coming. Yeah, but it was Frank's like... Head. But it was the it's the same thing that happened on Friday night with Tundale Abbey's goal. Yeah. I mean, it was it was defensive hesitancy. Is it mine? Is it yours? It was, you know, there was there seems to be a miscommunication with the goal and, and, and he just grabbed grabbed the opportunity. Whereas in this instance, like you said, I don't know whether they're communicating with each other, I don't want to say you go, you get him, you press, like you you just don't know what's happening on the pitch at this very second. It's a lack of communication, but it's also a lack of understanding of what's required for that kind of level. Yeah. And Andy, that's why you're missing Andy Boyle, you know, throwing everything, including his head at the ball, you know, to make sure that it's stopped. And it's it's those little things. of. But I also think when John Martin cleared that, the organisation that Andy Boyle would have brought to that back four yeah. in order to make sure that you know, there would have been a complete push instead of standing off him. You know, you're also kind of inviting the opportunity to come at them. And like, that's something that, that is just really, really, it's so frustrating because you have a real abundance of talent, but they're all sitting out injured at the moment. It's like, it's so frustrating because, you know, we, we were after getting a couple of very, very good results and they were needed. They were confidence men and we really, really needed them. And it just feels now that it's been completely unraveled by tonight that it was kind of almost flattering to deceive. Deceive, sorry. Yeah, I think, and the, the the real annoying thing, you know, just if you take like if as the, if you take the game as a whole, the 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 mad thing is as disappointed we haven't actually been really awful. It's just those mm. little bit, like you had said yeah. earlier, it's just those little bit of split second decisions that, you know. It make it it makes it sound like we were absolutely muck for ninety minutes, but we weren't. It's just those little bit of against yeah. teams like Derry, you have to be clinical in every every shape or form. And the difference was Derry, like like I said to you just off air, Derry's probably the quickest team I've seen on the counter attack yeah. in the last two or three seasons. They're, they're as quick as the dog used to be under Stephen mm-hmm. Kenny, and you 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 have to be clinical against teams like that. I know lads have come in this season, and I guess that they're playing their first, you know, they're at their first season where they're playing proper games, and you know at that level. Yeah. But it's that little naivety that magnifies these results. Like, you know, 3 0 probably could have been five. I mean, there really was chances there for Derry. There yeah. one or two passes, Brandon Cavanaugh didn't see. But it just seems to be, you know. We ha- and we also have to praise Nathan Shefford for pulling off an absolutely yeah. unbelievable save in the first half from Michael Duffy, who we've seen him take those shots before for Dundalk and, and they've, they've nestled into the back of the net and Nathan Shepard got his hand to it. And then. 
Um, you know, he he also stopped from from Keane Kavanagh, if, if if I'm not mistaken. He broke in, you know, he point blank rage save, and you know, um, he like he's like, you know, sometimes it's very frustrating. I say it's very frustrating for him because he's doing his job, and unfortunately, yeah. sometimes it's just been undone by what's put in front of him. And just to to add misery to. I don't want. I don't. I can't even. It's add misery on top of misery. Add insult to misery. Insult to misery. It's in. It's misery to the insult for the misery. When we look at the third goal, I mean, I actually rewatched it just before he came on. I didn't realize how far O'Reilly ran with the ball. Yeah, it's frightening, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. You know, like the only thing that's worse than that is if it happens in the first two or three minutes of a game. You know that it. It just that concentration. I get that you're tired, but for him to run that far. And cut right across Williams. Like I had said to the boys in the chat, that's the moment where you want someone who's wearing that armband to take one for the team and absolutely nail him as he's coming across. Yeah. Like that's what, like you say, Andy Boyle would have done that or definitely yeah. thought about it. You know, Brian Gartland in the day would have done it. Liam Burns from the bench when he played, he would have done it. Mm. And it just seemed, once he goes past, you knew what was happening. If he didn't take the shot on, he was always going to square it. Duffy, look, it's a bit of a toe poke and it's a bit ragged at the end, but. For him, allowed, for, for him to be allowed to run right down across the sideline, to go round two lads, and and to and don't get me wrong, he's quick, but Williams is fast, and he's stripped him for absolutely stripped him for pace, and he just stepped right across him. Like the minimum he was going to get was a foul, but there was there wasn't a hand laid on him. They didn't they didn't put a glove on him, yeah. and he just walked right in. And that's you know that's what I'm getting back to these little clin- where Derry's been so clinical, and we're just kind of so lackluster, so kind of. You know, I can't catch this, but if you can't catch him, take him down. You know, I know it's 2 yeah. 0 already, but let's get, you know, let's get try and get something. The last couple of minutes, you just never know, as we've seen last Friday, but that just really kind of typified the night where it was that little bit of concentration that we just didn't have. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, so I, I, it's, it's very frustrating. And like, there will obviously there'll be a post mortem within the team. Um, uh, no doubt tomorrow, I'm sure Stephen will have a chat with him this evening as well, but. You know, it's it's now when you play against Bohemians now on Monday or Friday night where you realise, well, are these lads going to learn from these mistakes? Because yeah. you're talking now, you're going to be playing the top three teams in the next five five series of matches. Like, you know, you, you can't afford, you now know that you can't afford to, to have those lapses in concentration and you have to want it more. And that's just pretty much what it is. Look, this side, this club, have European ambitions. They'll always have European ambitions. It's it's where they are now. And I think Stephen is very Stephen O'Donnell is very much we're constantly aware of that. So um he knows that these kind he's going to have to get big results against big teams if he wants to keep in touch with those positions because as we mentioned on this podcast before, Bohemians are the club that has surprised absolutely everybody this season. Um, with the loss of Keith Long last year, was just thought that they were going to be in a year of transition. No one expected them to be where they are. And now that they are, and that, you know, we, we now have kind of an, an how would you say, something that's side, sideswiped us really for that third place position. And, you know, we're going to have to fight tooth and nail for it. Like, yeah. if it, even if it means, and I know this is a horrible thing to say, but even if it means we get in, we relent, we stay in fourth place and we get in via the, the emergency exits, it's the FBI Cup, all well for it. But we know that as a club, we progress when we are in Europe. And I think now that 
when Stephen O'Donnell is looking at whether it's July or next season, he now knows the kind of, he would really, really now know the kind of calibre of player that he needs to bring in in order to take this club to the next level. And just that, that brings me, you know, I, I, like I said, this is a kind of, we're doing like a, Chris isn't here to run the show, so we're doing a bite-sized one for a Monday night. So it's <laughs> short for everybody, because I know everybody's tired. But just when you say that calibre player, we, we spoke to James Rogers on Friday night and we were talking about the fact that a certain Daryl Hogan his contract yeah. is coming up at Wickham. Would that be someone? Obviously, obviously, everybody would be interested in the League of Ireland. But is that someone that Stevie could look at and, and go to the club and say, "Look, like you had just said, this this caliber of player would no. It's if would he, but is it someone that could really kind of say, right, let's get the second half of the season underway? You know, is it someone? Is it a no brainer that they have to at least attempt it? Oh, absolutely. Listen, look. We have to remember a couple of, like I, I know this is bite size. I'll, I'll try not to. I'll try not to ramble. I like to ramble, but you know, you know how I am. <laughs> but like a couple of years ago, the opportunity came for Dundalk to explore the opportunity of signing Richie Tao when Pete Six were in charge. I mean, you do not uh, sell yourself short. Look, Daryl Horgan, on the basis of his performances on the 2015 and 2016 seasons were the reason why he got his move to press in North End in the first place. Um, he flourished under he flourished under Stephen Kenny. Stephen O'Donnell, I would have no doubt, would love the kind of player that Daryl Horgan is in terms of his personality, in terms of his technical ability, in terms of what he brings to a game. He's anybody's missing piece mm. in a jigsaw. And even with his age, but like, you know, he's played at, at a substantially high level in England. Like, let, we're not going to be sitting here saying that some of the clubs that he's played for are are below Dundalk or below Shamrock. Like, they're, they're they're higher, like, in yeah. terms of their budgets, in terms of their training facility, everything. They're, they're, they're higher. So we have to look at it in that regard. He's played for big clubs and he's played at big teams. And why wouldn't you be ambitious? And, and if you're going to sit there and be the mark of a side that wants to, that the club want to show their ambition and want to show supporters their ambition, you have to go for a player like Daryl Horgan. It's as simple as that. Um, I'm not aware of any circumstances in relation to him. I haven't heard a single thing. I know that um, there, there was a muted uh, opportunity that maybe he could have came in at the beginning of the season. But look... Let's let's be honest about it. He he would change any game or any team um with signing. And even his arrival would boost everybody around him. Like, I mean, you mean to tell me that like Daniel Kelly, John Martin, Wazir Williams, or any of those lads see Daryl Horgan coming out onto the pitch that you wouldn't be buoyed by that? Of course you would. It would be it would be an unbelievable coup. And I I think even like I know Oriel, you know, we, we don't have a massive stadium, you know, like seats wise. Mm-hmm. But even filling seats, I think, you know, someone like Daryl Hogan coming back, you're talking probably an extra maybe 100, 200 seats a week, which is a lot of money to the League of Ireland team. So even from that point of view, for kids, you know, who, who would have probably just started, that era would have kicked out a lot of kids supporting them, dog. So to get a player back in like that would be a massive coup for the club, wouldn't it? Just on oh, a commercial. Huge. Absolutely huge. But I think he's also the kind of player... Um, that 
I, and, and I have said this, I've said this in, in the school that I'm working in at the moment, like they, you know, the kids talk about, you know, Anthony Martial and all this kind of stuff. And I, I just alluded to two players. I said, Daryl Horgan and Robbie Benson for completely different reasons. But the reasons why I gave with Daryl Horgan, he's not on social media. He goes into work. He's very um, subtle in his approach. And he's not flash in any way, shape, or form. He goes in and lets us talk and on the pitch do the he doesn't have to worry about anything, all the noise and everything that's going on around him. He's only concentrating on football. And you can see yeah. that the way that he is as a person and the way that he engages with the game, that all he cares about is playing football and everything else just takes a back seat. And that has and that's the reason why I think a lot of managers, particularly in England, have spoken so highly of him whenever they, whenever he's arrived into a club because he doesn't come with an ego, he doesn't come with any baggage, he just comes in, plays football, does his job. And look, you've spoken to him, I've spoken to him, a lot of dog fans as well. Like, he's a cracking individual as well. Mm. There's no airs or graces about him. And that's what even makes him even more of a unique talent. Yeah, and you're just an interesting, just on Paul's comment there as well. Like, you're hoping that that what whatever happened with Conley at the time, mm-hmm. you know, that they really see the potential in this. I mean, yes, I think Reggie was saying he's he's 30, 31. I mean, you're talking League of Ireland, so he's only a child. I mean, you get three, get three or four years <laughs> with that type of player, and he doesn't have to play in the wing either, he can play pretty much anywhere. And mm-hmm. um, so, you're hoping to see the potential in it and what it could do and the commerce from the club. So, yeah, his wages. Look, we, we don't know. We're hoping kind of that on dog pole mightn't be as we like to think maybe it mightn't be as high as another club might be, I would think, would it? Like we say like a Derry Kim looking or a, a Rovers, God forbid. Yeah. Um look we can't we can't speculate how much he's on and we can't speculate what kind of um wage structure that Dundalk have as well. And we can't even uh, anticipate maybe there's money left over from the coffer, so to speak. Is it a case that um, a player is released? You know, one of the loanees goes back in July, and Daryl comes in, and that kind of frees up a, a, a slot. Maybe that's the situation they'd be looking for. Who knows? Um, it's not for us to speculate whether a player is going to go in and demand A, B, and C. Um, particularly of Daryl's ilk, you know, that wouldn't be. Mm. I, I can't. You know, say that 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 would be his uh, motivation or whatever. But if Dundalk were to make an offer to him, obviously it's going to have to be competitive because you are talking about two sides now in the league that um, financially have an awful lot of strength behind them. Um, Derry obviously do because their owner, um, it's it's no bones about it. But then. You know, we're looking at a situation where Shamrock Rovers also have banked European money from their Europa Conference League campaign. And the reason why this competition was brought in, because the likes of clubs like Shamrock Rovers can earn money through TV and revenue deals in a basis of being in a European group competition. So, like, I mean, that that's what you're competing with in the league. And, you know, it's 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 obviously up to up to Sean. Andy and and Paul to make the is a Paul club no who's the third um, Alan. Two guys. pardon Alan Alan Clark Alan, Paul, Alan Clark. Yeah. well I I, another know. another Sean yeah. has given a great shout here this could be something we could get going the town end we could do a town enders whip round and definitely get the right there we go revolution two year every week like you're paying for a five a side pitch and get them in every week and yeah. build it up 
Um, yeah, it's it's one of them. Like we didn't even just Sean another comment there. We didn't even mention Cam. Like it, it sums up the dogs. Like Cammy Elliott comes on. You know, just to go back quickly on the game. You know, the ball seems to fall again. We're talking if it, pa- it falls to Pat Hoover, even to John Martin, it it kind of skipped away from it, bobbled away, and he never that first little touch was. It just seemed to take it away from him. But then there's still no excuse for how high that ball's still probably going. Like it, there's still no excuse for that to get in on that goal at that time of the game at that scoreline. And I just could really kind of emphasise it just wasn't going to be our night. It, it was an absolute shock, wasn't it? Ball and sleeve, Lee and Donegal, I think. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. I, I, I say that in jest. Um, I think it came to him. He wasn't expecting it. He bent far too back. It just summed up our night. Yeah. That's the best way. It just summed up our night. We were, um, you know, you get those kind of little... F- Go little nuggets of opportunities and we just couldn't you know uh, I feel for Cameron because course, he's after coming he's after coming off like an absolute unbelievable moment on Friday night and um, there's been a lot of questions in relation to him of where he's come from and the kind of the standard in which he has come from and that probably did not help matters at all what's mm. happened this evening but look he'll, he'll bounce back um, but as you said if Pat was there, John Martin was there, Keith Ward was there, it could have been a different story. Or we could be saying a player of Wardy's well, uh, you know, she should be putting it away. Why didn't he do that? So you just don't know the ball, yeah. the bounce, the pitch, leaning back, you just don't know. But it just doesn't look good. It really doesn't. Yeah. I think the main the main thing to take from the show and the comments, and I've seen tweets as well, is that it's just one of those nights, write it off. Get up, get past it. It's a Monday. It's an early. It's a bad start of the week for anybody coming home. If if you were giving away pizzas, it'd be everybody that went to the match. But just write it off and, and look forward to Friday. You know, it's both both Bo's a massive game. It was going to be big anyway. But now, now it's huge. Now it's a massive game. The Vines team, you know, they've, they've, like you, well, like we'd spoke about. You had mentioned earlier on, they've surprised everybody. You know, and it, it's at the stage where if you can turn them over, then you you might get a bit of momentum, or it could be a bit of a scalp now turning them over the way they're playing. So. You know, it's all eyes on Oriel Park on Friday night. I think it's. I think the probably is just to put this one to bed. The boys won't put it to bed. They probably towards the night. But I mean, get it out of their minds, get it out of their heads, and I think it's just go for Friday night, isn't it? That's all they can think about now. Oh, absolutely. Declan Devine was in Derry this evening, so right. Um, look, he'll he'll be well aware of of so to speak. He'll be well aware of what, but as I can say, both sides of what Dundalk can do. Look, he has very, very talented players at his disposal. Dylan Connolly's come back from England and he just looks like a completely different player altogether. Um, we are all very much aware of the, the, the prowess of Jordan Flores and what he's what his ability is. But I think he's flourishing under the likes of Declan Devine because, you know, uh, Decky is one of those managers that apparently, you know, you, you walk away from him and you feel 20 foot tall because yeah. of the way he speaks and the way he motivates you. So, look, it, um, it's it's going to account for a lot of things, how they recover from today, both physically and mentally, how um, the team is set up for Friday night, team selection, and but also they have to take lessons learned from their their performance against them up in, the, in Dalyman Park earlier this year. You know, they have to focus and, and look back and see what they did right and what they did wrong in that game and, and take it from there. That's that's the simply you, ha- you you reflect on what's gone wrong and you hopefully rectify it and make it right. 
that's it that's all they can do really that's it yeah. i think that i think that's that that sums it up and just write it off go again and all yeah. eyes on oriel park on friday night Kieran, look it's been a pleasure um yeah. i know you i know you're up early in the morning it is a monday night uh, thanks to our sponsors. <laughs> uh, thanks to our sponsors, Dundog Village. Uh, playoff at Tony's Pizzeria as well. Thanks for the comments. We've a good few people on tonight. I know there's some probably traveling home from Derry, but we'll do a little bite-sized podcast tonight, and then we can come back to this one on, on Friday night with a bigger show. So, Kieran, really, really appreciate it, and uh, come on to town.